put him in jail. What the f*** are you doing, Phil? Best in local music and local food. It's got to be peanut butter and jams with your host Brenda and Jordy, alternating Thursdays, 6 to 7:30. Check it out. to CITR 101.9 FM. I'm Sarah Lapsley, co-host of The Arts Report. So it's time for Blank Verse, which we air every other Wednesday at 6 p.m. Blank Verse is a web series about William Shakespeare and the great writers of his time reimagined as modern-day university students. Featuring famous names like Chris Marlowe, Ben Johnson, and Thomas Kidd, the series takes the historical events and context in which Shakespeare produced his famous works and throws them into the contemporary world. What would it be like if Shakespeare had not existed until now? How do we define greatness in our modern culture? Who is William Shakespeare? Created by theatre and film graduates from the University of British Columbia and featuring rising stars from across Canada and established voices in the Vancouver theatre community, this ambitious project draws attention to the struggles of artists in our contemporary world and examines our place within the cultural atmosphere of the past 500 years all the while letting a group of theater nerds play within the life of, arguably, the best writer of our time. Yep, that's not arguable. Shakespeare's the best. So here is part one of Blank Verse. Welcome to the third episode of the radio adaptation of Blank Verse. My name is Amanda Konkin, and I'm the executive producer of this web series about William Shakespeare and the great writers of his time, reimagined as modern-day university students. In Act 3 of Blank Verse, the students of Bankside University deal with the fallout of their revenge plot against the creative writing department. And Chris Marlowe deals with the consequences this will have for the film adaptation of her book, Dr. Festus. In scene one, the lawyers from Palamon Studios outline their new terms for the adaptation of Dr. Faustus. So we're basically here at this roadblock. So to speak. 
Right, an obstacle in our path, but not necessarily insurmountable. A fork, if you will. That's the metaphor. A fork leading to, depending on you, a long and fruitful relationship with us on one side. Which we hope you choose, because the other side... On the other side of the fork, should you choose it, and let me reiterate that the decision falls entirely within your own hands, we see is somewhat less fruitful. Fruitless, even. We have been, I believe, reasonable. In our capacity as ambassadors for Parliament Studios, we have, it is our hope, offered you the very best that we have. To offer. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And we have met, at times, with some curveballs. Thrown by you. Artistic caprice we can understand. We are, after all, in the business of producing art. And not, as a New York Times reviewer might put it, of producing eye-infecting idols of idiot worship of no one good quality. But so it really concerns us. The reason we're sent here today by Palamon Studios, whose interests we represent... Is to address the rumors we've been hearing. About you. Shall we say, bringing your artistic caprice to another studio behind our backs. Our side studios. Our main competition. We brought with us a contract outlining our final terms of what we're prepared to offer you. In the interest of being reasonable, we'll allow you a week to look over the offer. important this is to you. But I hope you realize if you don't play ball a little with them on this, they're going to scrap the offer and you're going to miss out on an opportunity. I've got some papers to grade. At least read the offer. Milo, hi, I... Georgia, what can I do for you? Oh, I wanted to hand in my story a little early for this week's seminar. Mary Fitton said you were here. You're a big fan of Chris Marlowe's work. Oh, yeah. I've read everything she's written at least seven times. She's a really strong contemporary influence, I'd say. I was trying to get her to do an interview for uh, the messenger speech, the uh, school paper. Well, she certainly is very busy, what with this movie business and uh, TA duties. Oh, definitely. I tried to get into her seminar, but it filled up really quickly. Not that you aren't great, it's just, well, she's a star. Of course, you want to be like her. It's a pity she's practically throwing this movie deal out the window. The Faustus movie? Yes. I'm afraid she's having trouble committing to their terms. Oh, I heard the script was what it would be like if you had this great story and then the brilliant writer left before they could finish it or something. An apt enough simile. But, well, this is a terrific opportunity for her. I think what she needs is a nod of encouragement from her peers. She won't listen to you? I'm afraid not. You want her to succeed, don't you, Georgia? Of course. 
I doubt she'd listen to me. I don't think she knows who I am. I think all she needs is to hear that if she allows her work to be made into a movie starring Justin Bieber or some such teen sensation, it won't make her any less of an artist in the eyes of someone who truly loves her work. But if she keeps pushing, maybe they'll make changes and they can make an actually good adaptation. Georgia, I'm asking you to help her. Faustus is good, but it's no Chaucer. They're going to back out if she keeps acting like a shrewy bitch. Wow. She has a meeting with them in one week, where they're expecting her to sign off on their terms. If you promise to try and convince her to do it, I can look into switching you into her seminar group. I thought her group was full. Georgia, I'm the head of the creative writing department. If you think it's in her best interest. I do. Okay, then. <laughs> in scene two, we join Chris Marlowe and the students of Bankside University at the annual Halloween party at the Anchor Pub. Who so list to hunt? I know where is a hind. But as for me, alas, I may no more. The vain travail hath worried me so sore. I am of them that furthest come behind. Yet, may I by no means my worry... I did not order this, but I will drink it. Compliments of the young lady. I follow. I leave off, therefore. Since in a net I seek to hold the wind. As that meeting was pretty rough. I figured you might need some uh, liquid courage. I don't actually know who you are. You're just some person who has mutual Facebook friends with me or something. I'm Georgia Roberta Greenfield. I'm a first year student at Bankside. And I'm a big fan of your work. Apple? No outside food. And wild Or knives. Important meeting tomorrow morning? Meeting? Yes, a meeting. I do have a meeting to attend tomorrow. In theory. You're not gonna go? But it sounded like Palamon was gonna start the movie. The end of the Faustus script is like a mix between Footloose and Faustus. Not even Faustus. They want to name it Dr. Foster. So it's more palatable for the American audience. But if you stay involved, you can make changes. And even if they call it Dr. Foster afterwards, you'll be free to do whatever you want. I would like to invite the surreally talented Christina Marlowe up to the stage, please. Yeah. What's your costume? A magic Mac, stripper king of Scotland. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow cannot possibly equal the delight of watching Chris Marlowe drunkenly declaim slam poetry in public, Georgina. 
stupid Shakespeare garbage face. What? Georgia. My name is Georgia. Come live with me and be my love. And we will all the pleasures prove that hills and valley, dale and field, and all... At last, the full potential of Drunken Marlowe is unleashed. <laughs> last year's Halloween thing, she just did this sassy translation of Ovid. Where's Ben anyway? Well, apparently she was spent all day trying to get a fake ID. Uh, but she was thwarted by uh, sexy Mephistopheles over there. Oh, man, I wish you'd known about this earlier. Ben would love this. You know, I wish I'd known earlier too. I'm working on a sonnet that I'd like to share with everyone. A sonnet? Oh, how retro, Mr. Shakespeare. Well, I don't think it's retro at all. In fact, I'm using the sonnet form to deconstruct the uh, sugary verbiage of the traditional love poem. I think I'm ahead of my time, unfortunately. And this deconstructed love poem. Is it dedicated to anyone in particular? That lady whose calls you keep ignoring, perhaps? <laughs> well, are they like together now? Marlo and Tom? Yeah. They first met during their first year at Bankside. They've been on and off ever since. That explains why he always sits in on our seminar class. He's kind of full of himself. Did you read his book? The Spanish Tragedy? No. It was some small press thing. I couldn't get my hands on it. He finished it a little before Chris finished Faustus. At the time, Professor Tudor thought that it would get a lot more attention, but Tom wasn't interested at shopping around at publishers. How do you know all this? I know everything, Will Shakespeare. Sigh no more, ladies, sigh no more. Men were deceivers ever. One foot in sea and one on shore. To one thing constant never. And sigh no Sounds of woe into hay. Nani, nani. In scene three, Tom and Chris are super cute on their walk home from the Halloween party. That was... embarrassing. Totally unbefitting of a well-respected and best-selling author. Oh, I have a meeting with the Palamon Suits in the morning. 
Right? Well, you better start hitting the sauce now and sabotaging your reputation before Palamon does bore you. Oh my god! Is it really that bad? These are the people who adapt Stay Thou Art So Beautiful into Sup, You're Hot. <laughs> what? It's true! They're messing up with classic in a totally unreasonable way. It's like they're making a movie about Chaucer, but setting it in 2013 and making not a genius. Sup. Sup. You should really put your pants back on if you're walking me home. So what are you supposed to be anyway? I'm a shrew. Duh. Obscure rodent. Solid choice. You know Henslow? The janitor in the arts of Nim building? The one who for sure has some sort of creepy spy closet where he keeps locks people's hair and stuff? He told me that he overheard Liz call me a shrewy bitch last week. Oh. Waspish, maybe. But shrewy? That seems harsh. You didn't get that trick-or-treating, did you? You know about the razor blade thing, right? Parents had that conversation with you as a kid. I got it from that girl Georgia at the bar. Oh, so it's just Ruthie. She had a knife. What? She had a switchblade. She just pulled out a switchblade to cut a slice of the apple off. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna eat that. Find some real food for ya. Oh, I have to go to bed. I have this meeting tomorrow. What meeting tomorrow? The Palamon meeting? Yeah, then this morning? Jeez, it's sunny. What? Yeah, yeah, this morning. And it went pretty well. They agreed to cast Kenneth Branagh as long as they get to keep the musical number at the end. Right, Kenneth Branagh. Because you deserve the greatest Chesarian actor of all time. It sure is sunny for November. I think you're not being your usual peevish, sullen, and sour self. That would really spoil the unreasonably good weather. Hey, I'm not sour. Not today. Today you're being super delightful and charming. I am. Shrewy, no more. Yeah, thanks to Kenneth Branagh. This newfound sense of self, what will you do next? I was thinking about... St. <gasps> Bartholomew's Day Massacre. Have you read about it? Romantic topic. Of all possible topics. I am drunk on freedom! Oh. Nope. Just drunk. Oh my god, I am so drunk. How am I gonna go to this meeting tomorrow? I told you it's fine. No, I mean it, Tom. I feel like... No. This is not the face that launched a thousand ships. I just want to burn my book. Manuscripts don't burn. I'm not Bulgakov. You're not Faustus. Oh. 
Yeah, I'm just Dr. Foster, his distant American cousin. You're not a character in a story. You're not some hollow archetype at the mercy of writers' whims existing solely to prove a point. High praise. You don't have a fatal flaw. You get to learn from this mistake. Wait. Sun and I agree. Then, right now, for us, the moon is the sun. If Liz and Palamon say the moon is the moon, then fuck them. Let them make Dr. Foster. Tell them you don't want to be involved and they can't put your name on it. Once done, you'll be done at Bankside, you'll be writing something else, and Faustus will be the book that Chris Marlowe wrote when she was a fourth year creative writing student who loved to crush beer cans on her forehead like a standard frat bro. Kind of kiss me with your peepee mouth. In the last scene of Act 3, the students of Bankside return to their classes to discuss and reflect on their midterm assignments. Um, so who wants to go next? Oh, me, me. Georgia, you submitted Edward Longshank's Hammer of the Scots? Um, I didn't read that. Why not? I thought it was a mistake. Like, she's not even in this group. I don't know who she is. I'm Georgia Greenfield. I'm like the head writer of Messenger Speech. I transferred in this week. Well, great. Now that that's cleared up, did anyone else not read it? Did anyone read it? Well, I applaud your decision in writing about one of the most boring possible topics, historical accounts of obscure British monarchs. I'm just not sure it paid off, though, uh, despite its super snappy title. <laughs> well, at least I'm not retreading the uh, much-tread ground of revenge tragedies. What? Revenge tragedies haven't been popular since, like, the 17th century. Okay, let's just reschedule your workshop for next week. Fine. Will, do you want to go next? Um, uh, I thought it was neat, but if you're gonna work with such dry subject matter, I, why not throw in a little magic realism? I mean, maybe King Edward could beat some witches that give him the idea that inmates gone. I meant, do you want to share your story next? Oh, good. Was that the sexist one? What? It's about how women should do whatever men tell them to do. It's funny, not sexist. I thought it was romantic. I mean, at the beginning of the story, everyone hates her, so he's really doing it for her own good. Yes, definitely for her own good. For the greater good, one might say. Let's try not to get too catty. Although I definitely read this as a little anti-women. And I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it, Will. Well, I thought you of all people would get it. What? It's all about people treating other people like property. The whole debacle with Palamon was my main inspiration. Case in point, Palamon maybe saved the cat in your story, 
but they're making a movie. People don't pay to see a dude sell his soul to the devil and then actually spend eternity in hell. That's what books are for. Hey, Chris, why don't you just think of that before rejecting Palamon's terms? Maybe your book is just too depressing. You rejected Palamon's terms? Um, this isn't class material, guys. Christina Marlowe, Too Shrewy for Hollywood, a memoir. Will you shut up? Who are you? What are you even doing here? I'm still kind of wondering that about you. I'm here because Marlowe values my opinion. <sighs> you are so... Okay, things are getting out of hand. You are ruining your career and the creative writing department. You cannot be serious. Look, I want to be a famous writer as much as anyone, but I still can't endorse this script. It's like they're letting Michael Bay adapt Sorrows of Young Werther. I don't know what you're talking about, and your hair is weird. Shake's weird. Shake's weird. Out of class early. I realized I have better things to do today. We'll see what Tom Kidd does when everyone who reads the messenger's speech learns he's a fraud. So, like, 80 people. Act 3 was written by Charlie Allison, directed by Laura McLean and the radio adaptation was produced and engineered by David Cowling. It featured the acting talents of Xander Williams, Claire Hesselgrave, Matt Resnick, Nathaniel Vass, Candace Simon, Deb Pickman, and Pippa Johnstone, with J.C. Roy, Stephanie Dick, Dick Pugh, Tim Sargent, Chloe Packer, Nathaniel Cotel, and Aaron Adams. For more information about Blank Verse, you can head to our website, blankverse.tv. You can also check out our social media links, Facebook.com slash TV, or we're on Twitter at TV or Tumblr, blankfirsttv.tumblr.com. You can also check out our extended world, including some online transmedia content, The Messenger Speech, and Will's blog through our links on our website. Once again, I'm Amanda Konkin, the executive producer of the web series, and I wanted to thank you for listening to our radio adaptation of Blank Verse. Has mental illness or addiction touched your life? You might be interested in coming out to The Kaleidoscope, UBC's first and only student-created, peer-run mental health support group at the university's Vancouver campus. They offer a stigma-free place for people to share their stories with others going through similar experiences. The Kaleidoscope meets every week on Tuesdays 
from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Center for Student Involvement in Brock Hall. Learn more at the-kaleidoscope.com.